Hey there, this is Chris Perry. I am the commissioner for the Western Collegiate Hockey League. And on the other end of the line, I have my partner in crime, Andrew Majorkirth, live from his new pod room. Andrew, say hello to everybody. What is up, everybody? Hope and, everybody's uh, having we, a good week. Andrew, quit it. We've already <laughs> introduced you. Be quiet. Because we have a special guest on. We don't want to keep him waiting. He's That's the right. executive director for the ACHA, all the way from scenic Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's Mr. Craig Barnett. Craig, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to be on our chintzy little podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you, Chris and Andrew. Thanks for having me. And as I said in the uh, earlier introduction, um, Long-time listener, first-time caller, so I'm, 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 excited, I'm excited to be with you two tonight. We're, we're, I apologize for that. I'm, I'm, we're grateful for your listening, and uh, we're grateful for your first time calling, but I apologize for the, uh, oral, or, or for the uh, oral abuse that you've taken if you've listened to previous podcasts, so yikes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just glad that we finally got somebody with some intelligence on here to talk with us about, <laughs> about meaningful hockey around here, right? <laughs> this is this is what it's going to be like, Craig. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready. Tell tell us before before uh, uh, before we get into a little bit about uh, Craig Barnett, the ACHA executive director. Tell us a little bit about Craig Barnett. Uh, you know your playing career, how you you know everything with hockey. You've got uh, kind of a fun little story here, and so we'll let you give us the thumbnail sketch really quick so that people get to know our executive director. Oh, well, thanks. I, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it's been a blessing. I've been part of hockey my whole life and uh, came to the States from Toronto to play college hockey at, uh, at NCAA Division Three school, Plattsburgh State. And I uh, was fortunate to uh, have a great experience there, like all of our student athletes do, hopefully playing collegiate hockey uh, while earning the degree. That's what it's all about. And um was fortunate from there to to uh, have a cup of coffee and with the New York Rangers organization. Um, played two years there, 1989 th uh, through 91. The only problem is when I got there, they had two guys named uh, Mike Richter and John Van Beesbrook, and uh, not a lot not a lot of room or opportunity there. But uh, I tell you, I would never trade those two years in. I spent most of my time in the East Coast Hockey League. Um, our first year we were in the, uh, the IHL at the time, um, the Flint spirits. Um, and then, uh, Neil Smith came in to New York and moved us to the American hockey league in Binghamton. So, um, um, when I was in the East coast hockey league, I played in Erie, Pennsylvania with the Erie Panthers. And, uh, um, from there I got into college coaching and, um, you know, coached. Uh, I've had the opportunity to coach at the at the uh, ACHA level back in 1995 when we started a, a club program at the University of Finley, and uh, we were in a league with University of Dayton and Indiana University and Ohio State club team and um, a bunch of others. And it was an awesome opportunity. We went from there and moved to NCAA Division Three, and then in, in 1998 went to Division One. In a, in a league called College Hockey America with uh, Air Force and Alabama Huntsville and Niagara and Wayne State and all kinds of schools like that. So it was a great experience being a head coach at the Division One level and um, got into administration after that, Chris, and uh, um, became an assistant athletic director and then became a, a athletic director at a Division Three school out in Boston. Um, and then came back to Erie, Pennsylvania in 2000, 
2006 to be the uh, athletic director at Mercyhurst University. So uh, really enjoyed that piece of it. Um, got back into hockey full-time shortly thereafter, probably about four or five years after that with the North American Hockey League. And um, we, uh, you know, as a director of player personnel, and I really enjoyed that. We were working a lot with uh, uh, players in the North American Hockey League and also in the Tier 3 model, uh, the NA3HL, you know, making sure they knew what they needed to do to be academically and athletically eligible to to play college hockey. And I spent about seven years um, in that capacity, well, maybe six years in that capacity full-time working with those student-athletes. And and I had a couple side jobs at that time. And uh, one was uh, I was asked to be a commissioner of a, a, a Division One women's lacrosse conference. Um, a friend of mine, Tony Amante's sister, uh, uh, coaches at Northwestern University. And I got a phone call that they were looking for a commissioner. And uh, I put my name in the hat. And sure enough, I was – I was selected, so um, so that all happened, and um, eventually we we merged with the Big Ten Conference as women's uh, lacrosse was growing. And um, about uh, three months later, I got a call from uh, our our deputy athletic director at Ohio State, who was in our lacrosse league, and said, "Hey, Craig, I have this exact same job for you. It's in men's volleyball." So I, <laughs> I became the commissioner of a men's volleyball conference for for. Uh, up until I took the job here with the ACHA last year. So um, I have kind of danced around a little bit. And uh, I, I like to think that it was always progressive, you know, taking steps up the ladder. And um, the, the coolest thing with all of this is uh, being able to work with so many tremendous people and and gaining a great experience by, you know, being able to wear a coach's hat at times and maybe put an athletic director hat on when, you know, some, some issues come up and, uh, you know, being having that experience as a commissioner and working with uh, other administrators at other uh, schools and in leagues and so forth, I think uh, you know really I really enjoyed that, and I think really uh, complemented everything else I've been fortunate to do to this time. So that's where I'm at. I mean, I, I guess I'm about a year exactly a year into the ACHA role here, and uh, I, I've absolutely loved it and. Um, I can see Chris laughing through my laptop, but I, I really can't. I know you are, um, but it really, um, I really have so much respect for the ACHA and what it's what it, what it's come to be since my first first time in it in 1995. And uh, you know, work with so many tremendous people, a lot of great uh, people involved in the ACHA, and uh, I'm just really excited to enter year two. It's kind of, I was thinking back as we were getting prepared to do this, I couldn't believe that it's literally a year ago uh, from now. It was when uh, you, you came on full time in the ACHA and it, it, I don't mean this in a bad way. It seems like you've been here for a, a while now. And so uh, <laughs> I, it just, it just struck me. Yeah, no, it just struck me that it was September of 2018 that uh, that Craig Barnett was hired on. I full disclosure, I was part of that that hiring process. Recommended uh, Craig and uh, thought it was the best decision I ever made in the uh, ACHA. So, uh, but I just couldn't believe it was last year. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I remember uh, I remember meeting you at the USA Hockey meetings in, in Colorado, and you know, truth be told, I actually stayed an extra day to make sure I was able to bump into you and. 
it, um, you know, I think uh, I was, I was, believe it or not, I was sitting beside a piano in the lobby. <laughs> yeah. Overcome this yep. Perry, you know, and, um, you know, I just uh, felt, uh, you know, a strong connection there and, and being able to talk about, uh, you know, the ACHA and, and, and everything it has to offer and some of the challenges that the board was thinking and was coming and, and we're dealing with at the time. And it just sounded like a, a great opportunity to be part of and in the work with a lot of great people. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a year and uh, you know, I hope, I hope there's a lot many more to follow. I do too. I do too. Tell, tell me a little bit. Uh, you, you, you brought up that when you were at the university of Finlay, you started a little bit in the ACHA and then you transitioned to the NCAA, but now you're back. Is there, Obviously, the ACHA is bigger now than it was 20 years ago. Is there any difference in the quality of play from when you were coaching in the ACHA with Finlay or to now? Or was it the same quality, a better quality back then? Well, you know, it's funny because I, I, I know it's much better quality hockey now than it was. It seemed great at the time, as it always does. Um, it was my first head coaching job. You know, I... I uh, was an assistant for two years at Mercyhurst prior to that. And then one year at Kent State in the old CCHA, you know, so um, that was really my first head coaching job. So when you, when you start a program at a school that's never had hockey before, I'm sure, you know, a lot of, um, you know, as we grow the ACHA, there's a lot of coaches going through that same thing right now. Um, but when you start a program from scratch, especially in the Midwest back in the mid nineties, you know, and, you know, you, you spend about 90% of your time as an administrator and not much time as a coach. And, you know, you're trying to trying to have people at the university understand why everybody needs more than one hockey stick. And you, you had to, <laughs> you had to, you had to explain to the admissions department, you know, when they called me down about three weeks into the job and they said, Craig, you know, it seems like you're doing a really good job recruiting here, but Every every transcript that you're sending to us, these kids have been out of high school for three or four years. Like, where have they been? You know, they've been in jail. Where 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 are they? From? <laughs> you know, so it was it was a whole education process, not only on trying to sell people on a vision because we never had a hockey program, but it was also on you know educating people in a in a in a in a new hockey area that. Uh, weren't experienced with, with how hockey works. And um, I thought it was great. I remember University of Kentucky being in our conference and playing the Midnight Madness games in, in Kentucky and riding the bus to Kentucky. I was going, what, what the heck am I doing? You know, the last game I coached at that time was uh, we were playing University of Michigan in the Oast Arena when I was at Kent State as an assistant, and we beat them the first night, and we lost the second game, and we lost the mini game in the CCHA playoffs. And, you know, I think the next game I ever was on the bench for was was on the way to Kentucky to play a game at midnight, you know. And uh, I remember uh, being in the locker room area and the crowd was just going nuts at midnight. And I was like, my goodness, you shut your eyes. It feels like you're at Maple Leaf Gardens. <laughs> Those Kentucky, uh, they, they get some crazy games there. At least they did at the time. Of course, they were known for having uh, their schedule poster there with Ashley Judd on the cover. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, I was say, I thought that was the one that had um, somebody famous on their uh, schedules, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, what yeah. a deal! Well, let's. Uh, well, tell you've been the ACHA executive director now since uh, for about a year. Um, 
I guess uh, my poor question here is what are, you know, give us a quick reflection if you don't mind. So maybe some highlights other than having to, uh, I'm sure a highlight will be being on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what are some highlights of your year, of your first year? What are some lowlights? Um, you know, give us the, uh, give us the pump up speech from Craig Barnett as to his first year in the ACHA. Well, it's, it's, it's just like everything, you know, the first time you, you work with different people in a different environment, you know, it's certainly a learning, a learning year, but, uh, you know, the highlights are, are certainly the people, you know, there, there, there's just so many people that are passionate about hockey and, and not only hockey, you know, there's so many people passionate about the ACHA that we work with in, in, uh, Chris and, and Andrew, I'm sure you both can attest to that. It's really a special, you know, because, most of them are volunteers. You know, if anybody is getting paid, it's 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 not a lot of money, and we're you know a lot, a lot of them are doing it for the you know the reasons that uh, they give back. You know, and and when you're working for an organization as big as the ACHA is with 500 plus teams, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people involved. So the magnitude of the quality of people. You know, from 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 you know conference commissioners to board members to 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 coaches and especially the the volunteers and the student athletes themselves. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's what keeps you going every day. Um, I you know I think one of the other a couple other highlights are you know certainly the amount of opportunities that there are uh, at the ACHA to be able to grow the game, um, continue to to help the game grow in these, you know, unique markets, not necessarily traditional hockey markets, but some newer markets. And, and, you know, that's been going on, but we, you know, there's still opportunity to continue to, to, to um, cultivate those, those opportunities. Um, What really I love doing is, 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 you know, working with prospective student athletes and families, you know, probably from my North American hockey league, uh, background, you know, where that was a big part of my job. So now I get to, you know, go around and and talk to these prospective student athletes that might not be familiar with the ACHA or might not understand how big we are and how good the levels of of competition is and, you know, what we're all about. And, you know, that, that, I, I, I really enjoy doing that, you know, um, you know, you recently, you you recently came down to uh, uh, Dallas for a, for an event. Uh, the Texas Collegiate Hockey Conference put on a a little college hockey showcase, but also a, a college recruiting fair. And you spoke at that, didn't you? I did, and you know that they, apparently they want the guy back that was there the year before I was there. So I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if we know who that is or not. But uh, that he's guy, a loser. That guy's guy a loser. <laughs> but it, yeah, those are exactly right. You know, and, and when you look at Texas and, and the growth and so forth, I mean, it's there was a lot of people there. You know, and and it, it takes time to to develop and and you know uh, develop players and so forth. But uh, you know, the the, the enthusiasm's there, the passion's there. They're developing players. It's probably going to be better this year than it was last year, and it's probably going to be better quality five years from now than it is this year. You know, I, I remember I, I remember the growth in California going that way 10, 15 years ago, you know, and, um, you know, it just takes some time. But the, the beauty is, is that they're, they're growing there. You know, it was it was a it was a, a well run event um, to be able to stand up and, and talk about the ACHA in front of those those prospective student athletes, many of them high school juniors and seniors 
with their moms and dads with them is, is a, you know, what we're looking for, be able to spread the gospel of who we are and what we're doing. You know, I mean, you know, when you look at the top 25 universities in the world, according to, to you know, to uh, many news uh, magazines, um, 17 of the top 25 universities in the world are in the United States and 14 of them have ACHA hockey programs. You know, and wow. those are the kind of tidbits that, you know, we need to promote and get in front of people and let them know, you know, what this means. You get an opportunity to continue playing competitive hockey to whatever level you are at or you want to be at, at a region where you want to be at and get a great college education. That's a, that's a very special opportunity. So, you know, I, I think that's a huge highlight and I enjoy doing that. And I think there's an awful long way for us to continue to go in, in spreading that message. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's uh, the ACHA is uh, uh, it's kind of like the best kept secret in college hockey uh, because it it is so vast. When when I had the opportunity to temporarily sit in your chair, that was the thing that struck me was just how vast and deep and diverse um, the the ACHA is in terms of the number of teams. You don't. It's easy to sit here and talk about the Western Collegiate Hockey League with seven or eight teams. But when you realize it's 530 or 520 some odd teams and they stretch all the way from, you know, the, the tip of Maine all the way to the coast of California and they play at five different levels, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. You're pretty right. impre- and it's all run by volunteers, people that are, for the most part, as you say, that are just devoted to the game and to giving back. It's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I think that's probably the most impressive part of about it all is – it's run by mostly run by a bunch of people that just want to that love the game at its grassroots and just want to give back, right? Exactly, exactly. And uh, it wouldn't be where it is today without those people. And and uh, you know, there's so many of them that have been around for a long, long time. You know, and it's it's just really kind of neat. It was kind of like uh, when I came back and, and go to some of our events, especially at nationals, where I got a chance to see some people that. There's there's some people there I haven't seen in 25 years that were you know involved in this when I started the program at the University of Finley or when I was at Kent State and I was friends with the club coach at Kent State when I was coaching the varsity team you know I mean you know fast forward 25 years later these people are still involved you know and it's it's unbelievable and that that's that's very special and you know the student athletes know that and and they know that they're there for them and uh, I know it's very very much appreciated. And, um, you know, so it's, it's uh, again, it's a huge highlight. It's, it's very special to be part of. And, you know, I mean, you, Chris, you asked about, uh, you know, I think you used the word low lights, you know, so um, in, in this, you know, in the cheat sheet you gave me, you said, what are the biggest challenges? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I look at challenges as opportunities, you know, I'm still kind of an optimist and, uh, <laughs> but those opportunities and challenges, it's it's just that as well, right? It's it's the growth, you know, the and it's the results of all the growth that the ACHA has had, you know. It's 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 being deep with 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 talent and with schools and diverse in different areas and and you know um, having five hundred plus teams, um, all that are are also the challenges that we're facing right now. You know, I, I believe that we're going through a transitional phase because we're seeing a lot a lot of growth right now, and you know we're a very very large organization. Therefore, 
what comes with that are many different types of needs and wants from everybody, you know, and, and it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to please everybody. I sent, I sent an email out to, we had a, a commissioner call Sunday night and we were talking about uh, one of our, you know, possible challenges here and opportunities for us. And, and um, in my recap email yesterday, when I sent it out to the commissioners, I said, you know, I, I was listening to the NHL Network last week, and I heard one of the coaches say that uh, he was asked about how how popular he thinks he is he he is in the locker room and, and you know in the city that he coaches, and he says, "Well, he says Santa Claus has an eighty six percent approval rate, so I figure if seven out of ten people in the room like me, I'm doing a good job." <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. You know, I like it. And that's kind of where I feel that we are with the ACHA. We're going, we're so big and we have so many different wants and needs depending on what level and division and, and location and, 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 and so forth that we're never going to please everybody. But what we have to do is, is get input, get insight, make some good decisions and, and you know, in the best interest of the, the greater good. And uh, those are opportunities and they're also challenges. Yep. Yep. Well, there's, there's no doubt. There's no doubt you can't please everybody, but um, it's a it, it is an opportunity for sure. I, you know, personally, I, I I think the what you expressed as one of the highlights is also one of the biggest challenges. Just educating folks about the ACHA and letting them know what it is and that it's not your typical stereotypical vision of club hockey. It's not a keg of beer, everyone pile into a cargo van and let's drive overnight and get to wherever it is that we're going. It's uh, it's you know, this is real. It's, it's kind of a hybrid of NCAA hockey and your typical club sports. We're in that gray area in between because it's very organized and it's the talent level at all divisions um, is, you know, it, it runs the gamut from uh, extremely talented to, um, you know, to uh, struggling. But um, it's it's not your typical, it's not your slap shot type of a, type of a deal where every it's not a gong show it's it's the real deal and we take it seriously so yeah not kind of not kind of like it too when you when you have somebody come in and you you know i'm obviously here with the university of oklahoma and they they ask you about the ou hockey and all that and and you say well they play in the acha and you like well what's that and you you kind of explain it and then they kind of kind of give it maybe a scoff if for to say and then you have to stop them and say well wait time out a second here like just because we're not an NCAA and we don't have that big moniker name that everybody knows and, and loves, it doesn't mean that these kids can't play. I say, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, these kids are just as good as any of the kids playing NCAA hockey right now. It's, you know, they've either they're here because they want to stay close to home or they slip through the cracks of recruiting or whatever the, whatever the um, situation may be. I said, but, you know, these kids, I would take any one of our kids and put them up against an NCAA school at, at any time and feel comfortable in doing that. And and after you explain that to people, they 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 kind of get it that that the ACHA it's not a joke. It's we're the real deal. And um, like Chris said, it's not the slap shot where we're loading up in a minivan and and hitting the keg all night on the way to the next game, right? Oh, yeah. o- o- Oklahoma might be Andrew. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, you know, because it, the hockey is fantastic. I mean, if you, if you have, you know, if anyone's listening in that Dallas area for our nationals, I mean, one of the highlights for me too, that I never mentioned was 
I, I knew I knew our men's division one level is very, very good. But when I saw how many teams at nationals last year were that good, um, I, w- I was pleasantly surprised. The talent level is is, is fantastic. Um, you know, and um, it's a simple math. Pro- it's a simple math uh, exercise, right? I mean, we we when you look at the NCAA level, Division One, there's 60 teams right now. You know, possibly 61 in a year or two or three. But you know, there has been growth. You know, with Penn State and Arizona State, but very little growth, right? So, yep. you know, it hasn't grown a lot. Um, you know, when you look at Division Three, NCAA Division. I mean, it's grown a little bit. They're at 84 teams now. Um, it's grown a little bit, maybe, you know, six, seven, eight schools over the last couple of years, but that's not a lot. And when you look at the landscape of youth hockey now, there's so many good hockey players. You know, when they, they're coming up this ladder of development, they're youth hockey, then they go play, you know, Bantam and Midget in high school and, and then juniors. There's so many of them because they're bigger, faster, and stronger. The coaching's better. Technology's played a huge, a huge role in all this in terms of developing players and having them understand the game and so forth. You know, so there's more and more better players. There's fewer, fewer growth opportunities at the NCAA level. So where does that growth happen and where who's seeing the biggest impact? Boom, it's the ACHA. And, and, and we, again, when if you have a chance to go to nationals, I'm not talking to you two in particular because you're there, <laughs> but when people get to see all those Division One teams in one place and watch the caliber of hockey, it, it really is. It's it's uh, it, it blows me away. And also the the other divisions in terms of Division Two, II, Division Three on the men's side, and even uh, women's Division One, they uh, you know the caliber of hockey that they play there. You know there are some very good teams uh, in each of those divisions that could theoretically hang at the men's Division One level. Yeah. You know, there's teams at the women's two level that can hang at the women's one level. So it's, uh, yeah, it's good times. Good times. Well, tell us about Frisco. What, what was your, I know that you were, you're very familiar with Frisco being with your, uh, North American hockey league experience. You, you used to work out of there, didn't you? Yeah. I, I, the offices were in the same building as our, our national tournament last year until the stars decided to grow their staff and they kicked them out. So now they're downtown Addison somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I spent many, I spent many, many uh, days in that building, you know, on the other side of the building and not so many in the rink where we were last year. So uh, it was a, it was a really neat experience for me, um, you know, seeing how the operations of the national tournament all come together and, you know, working with people, you know, like you, Chris, and, and, you know, Russ Slagle, our director of the national tournament and uh, the Dallas Stars people that, that uh, were, were right there willing to do anything we needed. Um, it, it, take, it takes a village. It takes a lot of people to, to, to pitch in and volunteer and, and be part of it to, to give back to our student athletes so they have a great experience there. And that's what it's all about. So I, I thought it was a terrific, uh, you know, once you're there in, in the buildings, I mean, be, be Comerica Center in, uh, in Frisco or in Plano or up in McKinney. Um, all three facilities were, they looked good. It was dressed up. Um, it was well run. The commissioners and their staff did a great job, you know. So as a student athlete going in, you know, the reports we got back where they were very, very happy and they had a great experience. 
Well, I had nothing to do with it. I was impressed with the uh, with the event that you put on. Uh, all I did was sit up there in the rafters, and uh, I was like that angry Muppet that would just criticize. Uh, so if you're Mr. G- uh, glass Half Full, I guess I was Mr. Glass Half Empty. But uh, I thought it was a heck of an event that you put on, and I was uh, I was pretty impressed. I think everybody that was there, obviously I'm biased. I you know it's three hours down the road. I thought it was a heck of a venue and a heck of an event. But I think uh, for the players especially, but also the fans that showed up, uh, some of the coaches might be whiners, but um, I thought the players really got a. Uh, I thought they it, w- it was an experience for them, and I think that's what nationals should be is an experience. It shouldn't just be well, we're going. It's not another regular season game. This is the Super Bowl of the ACHA, and I thought that's what you were, you and Russ and AJ and a lo- you know Andy, all those good folks were able to really put on a heck of an event. So. Tell, tell what do you got? What do you got in store for us for 2020? We're going back to Frisco. Going back to Frisco. So second time through. You know they always say it's better the second time. Um, we're certainly going to get that southern hospitality and then the good the good food and all that good stuff. But uh, you know it's uh, you know there's there's we're looking for ways to again enhance uh, on the operations and improve the experience for the student athletes and so forth the hockey will take care of itself because as we said you know all five divisions are are um, loaded with very good hockey players and, and great competition and you know one of the challenges obviously are you know trying to get more people in, in in the seats you know and more fans in the seats and you know um i think we can improve on that for sure you know i haven't been through it one time now you know we need to tap into some more resources than we might have done last year and with the dallas stars help as well and um, you know, reaching out to, to different venues or different groups and organizations, you know, but it, that's also a challenge everybody's having these days. I mean, even at the NCAA level with their Division One tournament and their regional play-ins and so forth, I mean, you watch those games on ESPN or whatever station they have on TV, you know, I mean, there's an awful lot of empty seats there. So it's a challenge that it's a challenge that many sports are having at, you know, these days. And I think what we have to do is just like everything, assess and reassess, you know, dependent on the, uh, you know, the, the, the factors that we can control and, and try to, to improve upon them from last year. And like I said, I think, uh, I think there's hopefully ways to get more people attending and so forth. Ironically, this year, Ironically, USA Hockey's uh, high school national tournament is going to uh, cross with our our national tournament down there. They're going to be about 20 miles north of us, you know. So right away, there's an opportunity to to hopefully tap into these high school players from all over the country to come and watch some ACHA hockey. Maybe for us to put on a you know, put on a, an educational seminar about the ACHA and, and get more people in the seats to, to watch our hockey. I mean, come watch M1, M2, M3, W1, W2. And, uh, you know, so that's just one example of what we're looking at to try and improve on last year. Very nice. Very nice. I was going to, I was going to have two suggestions. And the first was, uh, let's make sure that the, that the bull gang down there at the uh, Comerica Center has all the glass and the boards tightened up. Uh, before game one, um, <laughs> I know that was a new experience this year for all of us. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I was, I didn't know, um, Andrew is, is pretty big on to light shows. So, uh, he's, he's got, he's got a, a smoke machine and a light show that he uses. And maybe we can, uh, talk him into loading that up in his van and uh, bringing it down to Frisco. 
<laughs> we, we can do it as long as we have uh, some good maintenance people like Gordy Schaeffler, our, our <laughs> VP, who was outstanding on the board. That's the truth. Duct tape and everything else, showing showing some people what was needed. So um, again, <laughs> you know, it takes a village. It takes, right. it takes people that are passionate about it to chip in and pitch in and. Um, that was a unique experience in such a beautiful facility. But, uh, you know, there's, again, hopefully everything's better the second time through. And I thought the first time through was, was very, very good as well. Yeah, that was just an education thing. Those guys didn't know how hard everybody was going to hit and that this was real. They thought it was going to be men's league hockey, not real college hockey. So. Well, and yeah, and you're you're not really stretching the truth there. Um, when I was standing down there with Gordy, uh, a couple of the Zam drivers the first day made a comment about like, wow, this is like, this is actual real hockey. We we weren't really expecting all of this and the, the production behind it and the teams and, you know, the way the teams came out and the way they were uniformed and the warmups and all of that. They like, this is not at all what we were expecting. And then, you know, as some of the, some of the teams got in there and it got physical and beaten and banging, they were, it really kind of opened those guys' eyes. And that's just standing there talking to them. And so you know that that probably resonated throughout throughout the building and with other people like, well, like, this is actual, like these, these guys mean business here. Yeah. Yeah. It was, go ahead, Greg. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Chris. Well, I was, I was just kind of, you were going to Frisco this year at the end of this year, and you've announced that we're going to uh, Marlboro, Massachusetts in suburban Boston, closer to Worcester, but it's suburban Boston. We're going there in 2021. Tell us uh, what you, what should, uh, WCHL folks and ACHA folks expect at the New England Sports Center in 2021. Well, you know it's 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 going to be a unique opportunity for us to to um, I, I know when I know when this model was put together, you know the goal was to to bring all five divisions in, in one location and you know be able to hopefully have some crossover and you know have some M2 or M3 people watch some M1 games before their games and so forth and so on and. I think uh, you know. I think that we the ACHA has tried very hard to to accommodate that, but there's not a lot of not a lot of locations uh, that have ice available that time of year where you know we we could have those facilities so close to each other. And um, you know, in Columbus, I believe you ACHA used you know three or four different locations, and certainly in Frisco right now, we're fortunate to be with the Stars and the Star Centers and so forth. But you know, the ones in Frisco and than Plano and McKinney and all that works very well. And it's been a great experience, but there's only a couple places in the country that, you know, we can try this, this uh, model where we can have all five divisions under one roof at the same time. And, uh, you know, I, I know, I know you and Andrew are all set to buy a ticket and watch the chaos, right? So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. That'll I mean, be good I'll, There'll be some chaos, but you know, hopefully at the same time, we're going to be able to build an environment in a, in an event that, uh, you know, to, to your, you know, quote you, what you said about the Super Bowl, the ACHA, that it could be something, something like that. Um, my, my, uh, you know, my experiences, I keep talking about North American Hockey League, but one thing that they do very, very well at that I, you know, was fortunate to be part of is the marketing and the branding and, and run events. And, um, you know, next week I'll be in Blaine, Minnesota for the North American Hockey League Showcase, and I get an opportunity to present to all 26 teams. And a good good portion of my presentation now is about ACHA hockey, so it's really, it's really, uh, it's really cool. There's a lot of leverage between the two. But, um, 
you know, that showcase in Blaine where, where the North American Hockey League not only brings in 26 teams from, from the NA, but also, you know, they bring in 48 teams from their midget leagues. And then, um, um, you know, there's a total of about 117 teams there, including high school guest teams and so forth. When you walk into that facility, the Schwann's Supercenter, with eight sheets of ice under one roof and you got games going all day long in those eight, eight sheets of ice. It's, it's, it's a, it's one heck of a atmosphere. And um, yeah, behind the scenes, the people that work there are scrambling and working long hours and working hard. And that's, that's the sacrifice that, you know, we would, we are going to have to make to, to put on a a great event. But um, again, from a student athlete experience and, and so forth. I'm hoping that this type of uh, venue at the New England Sports Center that has eight rinks under one roof, we're going to be able to have crossover. We're going to be able to, you know, have women's two, watch women's one and, and vice versa and watch, you know, men's one and, and so forth. Um, that's, you know, that that's what we can capitalize on. And that's, that's the goal of all this, you know, one to kind of rotate the tournament around, you know, we were in Columbus kind of the, you know, the central and yep. now down south in Frisco and now we go out east to Boston, you know, which is apparently a pretty good hockey region. So um certainly certainly a lot of uh competition out there to get fans in the door with all the college hockey and high school hockey and other things going on in that area, including including the Boston Bruins. They'll probably be beating up on my Toronto Maple Leafs again that time of year. But Oh, hey, from your lips to God's ears, let's let's hope so. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm looking to build that 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 experience and that event. You know, having that opportunity to have everybody in there in a condensed period of time. You know, instead of you know the the, the, the expenses lasting you know thirteen fourteen days, we can do this in seven days or so forth. Which again brings some chaos, but uh, with chaos sometimes comes some really good. I've seen a lot of really, really good hockey teams are really, really good because, you know, their practices are very chaotic. And when you when you go through chaos and you, you get used to that, you become much better at it and they put on a good a good show. So if we can transfer that thought process from a team level to an event level and, and put on a, a great show for our student athletes to say, hey, you know what, that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool to play in a tournament at the college level with eight rinks and, and eight games going on at one time, you know, th- you know, throughout the day. Um, yeah. So I'm I know look- you're smiling there and yep. you hate to see it, but, uh, you know, neither can I, but, uh, we'll, we'll take, we'll, we, we can use the time between now and then to prepare for it. That's for sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, my, my, my my saying uh, that I said to folks, anyone who would listen, was uh, behind the scenes, behind the curtain, it was crazy. But as long as everything on the you know in front of the curtain, as long as that's what the audience saw and what the players saw, was great, and they didn't see any of the chaos or any of the uh, uh, scrambling that was going on behind the scenes, it's all worth it. So just interested yes. in putting on a great event. So it sounds like a great event. I'm looking forward to getting up there and having an actual lobster roll. And uh, <laughs> maybe having a, a grinder or twenty. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking Kelly's up in Revere, Revere Beach. Yeah, is, is that is that a place you you're familiar with at all? I, I'm familiar with Revere Beach only because uh, uh, as a kid who was born in Lynn and raised in Cambridge, I knew never to go to Revere Beach uh, unless there was a pretty girl there. 
Uh, and even then I had to, had to get in and out before her brothers figured out that I was up there. So, uh, yeah. It was like, Kelly. Yeah. there's only one reason to go there. It's Kelly's Kelly's fish and lobster rolls. There you go. <laughs> Kelly's fish house. Love it. Yeah, I was, uh, when I was a kid, we, uh, were born in, you know, I lived in the haunt, which is a, a little spit right off into the ocean uh, from Lynn. And, uh, you know, people out here in Oklahoma, out in the West, they have no clue. Um, but you'd go get fried clams. Like you go get French fries out here from McDonald's and oh, I would just right. eat those fried clams. Like they're going out of style. I love those things. So, all right, well, where are we going? So I'm, I'm grateful that we're going to Boston, get to go back and, uh, see some of the old haunts and, uh, uh that'll be fun. Even, uh, Worcester's no longer the dirty place it used to be. It's a great clean little city now they've cleaned it up. So, uh. That's awesome. Where I, I know you can't give us the inside scoop, even though nobody listens to this podcast. But what are you looking at for <laughs> for twenty twenty and beyond? Are you? I, I know that there was some talk, as you said, about Blaine Pete Carlson up there at the uh, Schwann Super Rink uh, is is a great guy, and I know he'd love to have the event there. I understand that uh, St. Louis would love to have the uh, the place uh, the the event, and I think. I know there are some other places that would love to have it as well, but uh, can you give us any ideas to maybe what uh, what we can expect for 2020 and beyond, or would you, do you need to hold those cards close to your vest? Well, you know, it, it's nothing. There's nothing official yet. I mean, obviously, we we put out the RFPs, and we we had quite a few returned. And you know, as as you sift through that, um, you know, we got down to about four or five you know pretty serious uh, bids. And you know, once you go through budgets and and logistics you know you get down to two or three and uh you know but i think at the same time i think you know there's a lot of transition going on right now in the acha you know when we look at some of our divisions that are growing so much um you know um you know speaking to since we're speaking to a couple uh m1 guys i mean obviously m1 has gone from 60 to 70 teams this year and you know one or two new conferences and so, so we have growth going there, and what that growth does is, as we know, that that plays a little bit with, um, you know, the ability to qualify for for national tournaments and so forth. If if we're growing and we're not growing the amount of teams going to the national tournament, maybe we need to, maybe we just need to assess that, you know, and um, okay. take a look at what on and then we got to look at you know the four other divisions as well you know so as, as you know in this role that uh you know you're familiar with i think it's it, it's always important to kind of get a gauge on what's going on with the membership and what they're thinking and so forth not that you know we, we, we we're going to do what the membership says because then we'll be doing a hundred different things because they're going to have a hundred different opinions which you know, it's challenging, but also it's all, you know, I always feel it's good to get some input from our membership. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is we, we have a, we have one or two really good bids for 2022 right now. Um, we have one in particular that I think would be a, a great location, great facility. Um, um, but at the same time, I'm hearing um, some, some uh, feedback from membership about um, Hey, this is, you know, we're going into year four now of this model. Maybe we should, you know, step back and assess things, and and I think that's that's the direction right now that we're going to go in the near future for a little bit is is get some feelers out to see okay what do you what do you think of this model right now take take the location out of it um, take some of the logistics out of it 
you know, but uh, M1 is a great example. We've grown. M1 has grown. The number of teams that go to nationals has not grown. Is that a, is that a challenge? Is that a problem? Is that going to change the format for M1 in the future? And if there's an interest there to change that, maybe maybe we hold off on that 2022 announcement until we we have our divisions kind of figure what's best for them and best for their members. And, uh, okay. That's that, that's kind of that's kind of where we are right now, and um, you know we should we we should have uh, some some more good input for some key people in the next week or two, and we certainly want to make a decision here if we're going to if we're going to make an announcement for 2022 in the next uh, few weeks, or if we need to if we need to hold off for a month or two, or 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 what. But um, the last thing we want to do is make a commitment and then have things change and and that that current model might not be the best the best uh foot forward for the acha at this point yeah that's the truth as you mentioned earlier on hockey's a small world and the last thing you want to do is to uh say one thing and then have to do another because hockey's a very small world and the word gets out there and you run into the same people uh, uh you know whether it's two years from now 25 years from now you you see a lot of the same faces uh, over and over again so that makes sense yes. to do what's in the best interest of uh, of the ACHA and to take it uh, take it smart and take it slow. What do you have a? Let, let me just ask. I, I I know that you do, and I don't know the formula. But do you have a a a percentage if uh, of, of teams that are in a conference, not a conference, but in a division, a, a ballpark percentage that should be able to participate in nationals? Well, I, I think, you know, I mean, I think we have to do what, what's best for the membership. I mean, you know, if you look at, you know, I, I hate comparing us to, to NCAA because we're a lot different and a lot more unique and a lot, I think, a lot more opportunity than the NCAA. But, you know, you always look for, you always try to, to get feedback from different people that go through the same type of thing. You know, the NCAA model is basically 25%. You know, they want, they want 25% of their their membership uh, qualifying for, for national tournaments, you know? So does that work for the ACHA? Does that not work for the ACHA? Um, you know, I think you also, you also have to look at the history of the ACHA, you know? So, you know, if 20 teams have been qualifying for nationals with the play-in games for M1 over the last few years, and there's only been, you know, 60 teams, and now we're at 70, is it is it right to keep that number you know, that's, that, that's really, you know, from our standpoint, that's really up to the division, you know, and I think there's, I think there's, uh, I think that's what's so unique about this is all five divisions have, you know, different policies when it comes to games. You know, I, 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 I scratched my head at it the first month or so I was in this role, but uh, I, I, I kind of see it now, you know, I mean, it doesn't make sense from a layman's eye when you go to a national tournament and you have M1 is, is one and done. You have M2 and M3 playing pool play. They get three games. You got W1 playing a two out of three. You know, and then you got W two playing pool play, but there's a crossover game with a different division. So everyone does it differently, you know, and that's uh, and I think that's important to our membership at those different levels or different divisions that they 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 have a say in how they want to run their tournament format. Um, 
And so now you throw the ACHA in it where we're the oversight of this and we're basically dealing with five different unique formats. Uh, you know, it gets a little, it gets a little hairy sometimes. And I think that's, I think that's kind of where we are right now. So instead of, you know, making big decisions, um, we just kind of want to step back for a week or two or a month or two till we get the right answer. So when we make that big decision, it's going to be a, a, a well thought out sound decision, not just for the ACHA, but for our, our host and our, you know, um, location that we're going to go to. Yep, very, very nice. Very nice. With, uh, I'm, I'm so, not big on quick math. Andrew is the mathematician of the podcast, but 25% of 70 mm-hmm. is what, Andrew? Really quick. Well, take your take your <laughs> shoes off so we can count to, so you can count to yeah, twenty real quick yeah. for us here. I think I think we're <laughs> I, I think we're there. I think it's around twenty. So, yeah. very very good. You're there. Well, other than those nationals uh, or the issues regarding what to do with nationals and, and beyond, uh, I know that men's division one kind of runs itself uh, with the commissioner Brian Moran. Um, he's been doing this it seems like since uh, the ACHA was was formed back in 1991. So he's kind of got everything down pat and it's on autopilot has been for a while, but are there any other issues or, uh, or concerns or, uh, uh, news, if you will, that's, uh, coming out of men's division one? No, I, I think the big news, obviously with, with the, you know, the WCHL are going through now with adding some teams to your conference, which is outstanding. And, uh, I think it's growth, right? So, I think the big issue with M one is is a is a great it's a great issue. It's growth. Um, you know, do they all belong in M one? Um, you know, it's a good question. But at the same time, I think because we are non varsity, non NCAA sports, part of our overall challenge also is we have different teams aligned in certain divisions because of location. You know, and, and that that's that's uh, you know we have you know maybe one day we need to look at that and and see if it makes sense. But at the same time, if you change things around, that that affects the pocketbook sometimes. And you know, we want to keep this as as you know financially friendly as possible, for lack of a better term. So that part comes into it. But specifically to answer your question, Chris, I think we're all seeing the challenge. The issue with M one right now is is a good, it's a good issue. It's growth, you know? So how does that affect nationals? Yeah. Should there be more teams going? You got the AQs and you got more teams coming in. Are there quality teams that might not qualify for nationals now because of AQs? And I mean, you know, we, we could, we could line up and ask 10 people and we'll get, uh, you know, possibly 10 different answers, but we'll probably get five and five, you know, saying one way and five saying the other way it should be. And, you know, but until we have those conversations and look at it, you know, we, we, we shouldn't make any drastic decisions until we uh, do what's right for the division. And I truly believe that that's one factor that each division needs to talk about because we all have different models and different formats. It's a long way to go. Anywhere is a long way to go. It costs money, um, you know, for a one and done tournament. So, yep. Um, yep. you know, that's. That's that's that. I think that's the biggest issue I see with M one right now. Brian Moran is obviously uh, he, he's very smooth in his operations, and he's got great league commissioners. And um, you know, the, the best part about all is the hockey. The, the the level of hockey, you know, is fantastic, and we're getting a lot of uh, 
we're providing a lot of opportunities for a lot of really good hockey players who want to move on and play play college hockey and get a strong academic degree. So um, life is good. Life is life. life is, I know. Uh, I, well, I, was, I was just going to say. I was going to say real quick that I know one of the uh, commissioners in the in the men's one division is a little questionable at best, but a little sketchy. <laughs> well, a little yeah. sketchy, yeah, but. I mean, other than that, I think everybody else does a good job. How many conferences does that person run? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's kind of he wants to. I think that guy wants to be the commissioner of commissioners, the king of kings, <laughs> you know, slowly slowly take over the world type situation. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I, 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 uh, I, truth be told, I miss that guy. I miss that guy. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, I, I just I, I was just texting with a, a fellow in Albany, New York, and I, I, we were texting back and forth. Uh, he's calling me names because we've of a, an announcement that the WCHL just put out earlier today. And I, I told him, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stab you from the, from the back. If I'm coming after you, I'm coming at you head on. And so uh, he's giving me a hard time. That that commissioner that everyone's talking about is me. And uh, I, I don't do a very good job. Um, <laughs> so I, I, all the teams, all the, all the folks, uh, you know, they, they do a better job of it than I do. I'm just kind of, I'm a I'm a bad babysitter, but let me let me ask this, Craig, and I'm going to volunteer something <laughs> because this is just how I am. If it does come down to a five five tie, I, I'm willing to offer my services as the tiebreaker. Um, <laughs> so I I can make a decision really quick. Now I also know that people may not like that, but uh, just that offer is outstanding. Um, Okay. I, appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> People may not, but uh, anyways. Hey, uh, <laughs> so, so before we wind up here, tell me, uh, other than figuring out this this issue of nationals and you know where to go and what do we do with men's division one in terms of uh, formats and stuff, are there any other? If you were to gaze in your crystal ball, are there any other uh, things that uh, are, are on your long-term plate that you'd like to uh, accomplish uh, during your reign of, of, uh, of fun here as the executive director? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you want to continue to grow, um, you know, as you look through in, into a crystal ball. I mean, you, you certainly want to grow the right way. You know, I mean, there's certainly opportunity to grow at certain divisions and on the women's side for sure. Um, you know, but we, we have to be strategic and, 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 and for, you know, thinking um, the right way in terms of growth. You know, I think I think with some of the challenges we have with with um, certain areas, you know, the West is a good example where they're they're having some challenges just, you know, simply because of the distance between schools and cost for those those student athletes. So, you know, I mean, looking in the crystal ball, I'd like to see an opportunity for us to create more regional rivalries. You know, in competition within regions, you know that that could help offset some cost here. As you know, um, you know every every dollar counts for these student athletes and so forth. And uh, you know, we need to be sensitive to that. So, I mean, if we can create some more regional type of rivalries and and so forth, I think that that would really help. Um, certainly, sponsorships and partnerships are, are a huge opportunity for us. That uh, you know, we need to continue to nurture and cultivate with, with who we have. You know, we, if, if you don't mind, um, just, just real quick here, they're talk about our, our, our sponsors, who we have. Obviously, Howie's and, and Barron's Rings are, are two longtime sponsors of the ACHA. And, 
And, uh, you know, I know a lot of our groups use Howie's tape and a lot of our national tournament winners use Barron's rings as, as uh, to give back to our sponsors. Uh, Aerie Sportswear is our merchandise group that uh, you'll see at national tournament and online opportunities to purchase uh, merch for your, your teams. We, we introduced uh, Southwest Airlines as a travel partner for the Frisco uh, National Tournaments, you know, with, with their hub in Love Field in Dallas. Uh, Southwest Airlines offered some some discounts on flights and certainly no baggage fees to anybody, but uh, that was a big savings and budget rent-a-car as well. Um, um, last year, we, we, we worked with Warrior Hockey, and, and this year we've taken it another level. And for those teams listening out there, we have a, a back-to-the-rink sale going on right now on online with Warrior Hockey with a – the, the three pack bundle of sticks for the top of the line sticks, three sticks for 300 bucks. And we've got a lot of traffic going on on that right now. And uh, in addition to the warrior equipment, if you watch the NHL playoffs last year, I mean, there was, there was so many, so many people wearing warrior warriors really doing a great job promoting their product and making good products and quality products. And we're happy to have them as a partner. And the last one uh, that we, we currently have right now, um, from a sponsor's side is a, 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 what we call achatravel.com. We, we partnered with a company called HPN Global Travel, and they actually created a customized ACHA travel website for us. And if you go to the website and click on that, it's really, it looks like Expedia on steroids. It, the platform's the same way if you're on Travelocity or Expedia or use one of those platforms. This is specifically for the ACHA, and, and you actually compare the rates. I've had, I've had both up on my computer in, in the ACHAtravel.com. The, the rates for hotels are actually 95% of the time cheaper than what I can find on Expedia. So hmm. we're going to be rolling out a, a little a little video on on ACHA travel, which kind of shows you exactly how it works. We just got it uh, today, and uh, hopefully in the next day or two, we'll be rolling that out on social media and the website, so people can see how simple that is to use and how how good it is. So that that's uh, you know that's something that's special, and obviously we have a few others in the works um, that we're working on for this year. But our partners, real quick. Um, those were our sponsors, our partners. We're very fortunate to be working with, uh, you know, USA hockey obviously is our, our national governing body that we report to and, you know, their support and commitment to the ACHA is outstanding. Um, the same with the NHL, you know, being able to be part of the uh, declaration of principles and, uh, have Bill Daly's support, you know, down in nationals and, and, and so forth. The NHL is, is, also provided opportunities for us to promote our product and and then all the junior hockey leagues out there that are producing hockey players for us uh you know for our coaches to recruit from and and bring into the ACHA and be be ready to play college hockey so you know uh, thanks to our sponsors and our partners and our hopefully upcoming sponsors that we're currently working on right now but that's a huge opportunity for us to continue to cultivate and nurture and and hopefully we could uh, do that so the student athletes, uh, you know, dues and, and payments won't have to go up. Very nice. I know all about the budget uh, sponsorship. I'm a I'm a I'm a loyal uh, loyal user of that sponsorship. So uh, when it, in terms of renting a car, Andrew is the equipment knucklehead. So he's uh, I know he's deep in the Howie's mm-hmm. hockey as well as uh, with Warrior and that Warrior deal um, that put together this year and, and sponsoring uh, last year and sponsored uh, for this year, especially that three bundle 
300 bucks for sticks. That's a, that's a great deal. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I just called our warrior or not our warrior, our Howie's guys the other day and had to order up a bunch of boxes of tape for the OU knuckleheads <laughs> for the first half of the season here. So we, I've already tapped into that uh, sponsorship yeah, for very us. Nice. Awesome. Well, awesome. And, and so, so tell me, Craig, you're in Erie, Pennsylvania. If I'm on ACHAtravel.com, sell me, Pretend you're now working for the Erie Chamber of Commerce. Sell me on coming to Erie, Pennsylvania. I'm, I, I realize I'm in a glass house. I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. I'm in the flatlands, right? What is it about Erie, Pennsylvania that has uh, held the Barnett family there? <laughs> you're really putting me in a spot here. No, no, no. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know it's you like, coached at Mercyhurst. You were the AD there. I mean, I, and you played there as a, as, as a player, so... I'm, I, I've never been there. It's, 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 a, it's a special place. You know, I mean, you know, just personally, you know, as, as I get older here, the, 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 the beautiful white snow that we get in the winter starts to get to you, right? But we get a lot of snow. Um, but it's beautiful. It's a four seasons place. Um, the summers are fantastic. It's been a great place to raise a family. Um, there's a lot of new things in Erie. We, we have a casino with the racetrack. We have... Uh, Throughout the summer downtown, there's three or four uh, Monday nights, Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Sunday nights. There's always something going on downtown with bands playing and, and families getting together. And um, they do a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of family bonding and, and events to to bring everybody together. Um, the winter, if you're an outdoor person, obviously with the lake being here and the beaches in the summer, but even in the winter, you know, with the, the bay freezes over and you get the ice fishing and you get the, the snow skiing and, and everything else. And even in the summer, you know, it's, it's one of the best fishing places around. They tell me I'm not a fisherman, but, uh, you know, we get a lot of what they call 4-1 tours up here on weekends, all the people from Pittsburgh coming up to, to fish in, in Lake Erie and, uh, Catch, catch certain kind of fishes that I couldn't even tell you about, but um, um, it's, it's, it's a great place. And so, you know, selfishly for me, being from Toronto and my folks up there, I'm two and a half hours away and uh, we're right in the middle of Cleveland, Buffalo and Pittsburgh, you know, so it's, it's not a bad place on the lake. And uh, it's been great for our three kids, Andrew and I with our three kids growing up here. And um, you know, it's been a, it's been, it's been good. It's just, as I get older, you know, I really do like a beach and palm trees. I really do. And they have hockey in Florida, especially in the ACHA. So you never know. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's why I ask, uh, because I know all about the, when I think of Erie, I think of the canal and I think because I, you know, you learn that when you're in, in high school, grade school. Uh, but I also think of all the snow and the lake effect snow. And, um, as, as I get older, I'm, I'm with you when I, I used to be a, one of these guys that says, get me to a mountain or get me to a beach. But um, after being in the mountains when it's extra super double cold for uh, such a long time, I'm like, I'll take the beach. So uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, Andrew, yeah. do you have any, uh, any, any questions for, for Craig? I mean, I, we've, we've wasted a lot of his time and appreciate his, his, his patience with us, sure. with me, especially tonight. We have we have definitely wasted an hour of his life that he will never oh, get how, back. How about this? Well, well, so let's, let's end on this. Then. <laughs> Let, let's let's end on this, Andrew. And Craig is yeah yeah because I was going to say the couple questions I had he he answered in 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 talking and all that. So I am when, I am when good. Craig was describing our, our meeting in 
in Colorado Springs. He, you know, hung, we, we met in the lobby of the hotel, the, the Elegante Hotel, um, which is a, a greatly misdescribed hotel. Um, but um, it was, uh, it was, it was kind of funny because there was a, uh, while we were sitting there trying to talk, we must've been interrupted, I don't know, a half dozen to a dozen times. Either people knew knew him. Most of the people knew him. There, I think there were two or three that stopped to say hi to me. Um, but it was we were in a high traffic area, and uh, Craig was like the mayor. He was shaking hands, and if there were babies there, he would have kissed them because uh, he knew everybody uh, who was walking by. Kissing babies, and it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty impressive. And uh, the the commitment, uh, the desire to to get involved with the ACHA uh, was obvious. And I remember if at the end of my meeting with Craig, um, he stuck around for, for an extra day and I'm sorry for that, but, uh, I went around the corner and hopped on the phone with, uh, the powers that be. And I said, I think we just found our man and, um, had a nice long conversation about the meeting that I just had. And I, I, this is just me and going to kiss a little butt here. I think it's the best damn decision that, uh, that we've ever made in the ACHA in terms of uh, hiring an executive director. And uh, I couldn't be happier that uh, the ACHA is led by Craig. I, too, miss our daily calls. Um, but uh, I, I also know that the ACHA is in great hands and is probably better off without uh, me being the Antichrist and making a whole lot of other people angry. So um, <laughs> you're a lot more, uh, a lot smoother and a, and a lot nicer than, than I am, Craig. And so uh, you're, you're in a better position to handle a lot of that stuff than I ever will be. Well, it's an awful, awful nice. You said a lot of nice words there, Chris. I appreciate it, and uh, it's it's uh, we're we're surrounded by really good people, and you know we have a lot of good members that want a lot of things, and that's that's good, you know. And I've always, um, as an athletic director, you always like I always like the coaches that really pushed me, pushed you right to the line, but they wouldn't cross the line, right? So. You, you want that. You want that with our members. And, uh, you know, but, you know, sometimes some members do cross the line and, um, you know, maybe maybe it's uh, short sighted that uh, we're trying to do the best thing for everybody. And, uh, you know, I think I think the ACHA brings a lot of great opportunities here as we've talked, you know, talked throughout the evening here. And um, we have our challenges. We have room for improvement. No question about it. That's why I think it's always good to assess and reassess. And, but, uh, you know, we, we need to do that with input and um, we continue to go that way. And I just, uh, you know, I just appreciate uh, everything that you've, you've, you've done for me, Chris. And, and, and um, you know, you and Andrew having me on this show, the Talk ACHA at the beginning of a, another, another season. This is a great time of year and uh, there's no snow in Erie and it's hockey season. So what more could I ask? This is, this is awesome. I, I, I personally, I can't believe you're one of our 11 listeners, but uh, we're very, very grateful. So uh, we're slowly but surely fi finding them, Andrew. I think we're down. We've found eight of our eleven listeners. We got three anonymous out people out we're, there. I was going to say, yeah, we're 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 doing, we're whittling away our at our uh, list here. Our detective skills are, are, ex are almost excellent. So we're 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 very good. Great. Well, we've been a we've been a little slow <laughs> in the uptake, maybe, but maybe. maybe. <laughs> Craig, listen, we, we appreciate you being on the WCHL podcast, and uh, I, I look forward to uh, uh, talking to you again. Look forward to seeing you again. Hopefully, it'll be before Frisco, but uh, at the very least, we'll see you down in uh, Frisco again at the uh, national tournament in late March. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Andrew, best of luck to you, too, this year, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.